The Lymphoma Voices podcast brings you a series of conversations around topics of interest for people affected by lymphoma, the fifth most common cancer in the UK. Hello, I'm Anne and I work at Lymphoma Action and I'm delighted to welcome Jamie Beamish. Jamie is an actor who you may know from Bridgerton and he also is in Derry Girls. Welcome, Jamie. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Can you tell me a little bit about your initial diagnosis of Hodgkin lymphoma in 2007? Sure, yeah. Um, I I was in a play at the time in Dublin and as an actor, you know, you kind of, especially on, was for stage, you know what I mean? You'd be kind of working like two hours straight and it can be physically demanding and everything. And so I'd, I'd always warm up and you'd be kind of doing exercises beforehand. And I felt something rubbing against my collarbone. Yeah, and it, so I discovered a small lump. I just 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 at my collar, collarbone and I, you know strange you know and I, I i went to my gp at the time he saw it and he said look it's 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 an inflamed node and probably nothing i was 30 at the time so mm. i was young enough you know and and he was just thinking look it's it's an infection it's something simple but we'll what we'll do is it'll be watchful waiting as they as they say you know so fine a few weeks passed then and it was still rubbing and it, was, it wasn't getting any smaller and it was completely painless, um, mm -hmm. kind of rubbery, you know, and, and I went and he checked it and he said, yeah, it's not getting any smaller. So let's send you for um, a chest x-ray. And there was a shadow on my chest that came across in, in the x-ray and that. After that, then things started kicking in. You know, I started getting tests and eventually, and I was I, all the time I was in the middle of, uh, of a show in Dublin. I was in the middle, middle of this big musical about the footballer Roy Keane. I was playing Roy Keane. Like I was literally opening the show uh, on a Monday night. I remember doing the opening night and getting on a train the next morning to go to hospital to, um, to have an MRI scan. And, mm. and everything and eventually then they just said right we're, we're going to need to do a biopsy so they they took them they took the inflamed node out out of my neck and they tested it and uh, i tested positive for uh, classic hodgkins and so when i was diagnosed i was diagnosed at stage 2b and actually the b symptoms had only just started you know mm. the kind of the, the night sweats and things like that had only just started and so but i did have i did have other symptoms obviously the lump was there i did have itching which I, I didn't think about you know it just didn't occur to me that that was anything i didn't know what it was you know i just thought it was an allergy and then also um i lost weight but i was in a show i was in as they say you kind of get show fit when you're doing something seven times a week eight times a week and so i had lost weight but i had been trying to for, for the role and so that kind of passed me by in a way but actually it was more than likely caused by 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 the lymphoma so after diagnosis i stayed working because mm. it was going to be a few weeks before i started treatment so i was back on stage the following night um after my diagnosis i remember that really really well like you know or a couple of nights later i think it was and yeah and so that's that's how that's how really i, I found out you yeah, know? and how how did you feel at the time? That must have come as a huge shock. And was it difficult to carry on and go back on stage and carry on as normal? Uh, no, it wasn't difficult to go back on stage. Actually, that's one thing you kind of hold on to, if you know what I mean, is that I actually had that and I had to do that, I felt, you know, to kind of get back on stage. And it's a really good thing to focus on. I was scared. I, I was afraid of my life. You know, I didn't know what it was. So I was reading a lot and, you know, it was, it was all sounding very scary. So actually going to do the show and getting lost in something for a few hours each evening was, was, was brilliant. And I also felt like, you know, how sick am I if I'm able to do this every night? Because that's the thing, you know, you know, how I wasn't that sick with the disease. 
mm-hmm. you know um i got i i got i got more ill later because of the treatment obviously but at that time with the disease it, it, the disease wasn't making me ill that 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 was the thing and i was able to do it and it was it, it felt like you know in some small way an achievement to be able to kind of go no I, I actually did four weeks of this show and people were ringing me you know as as I was telling people there was people finding out and ringing me and kind of going god like are you in hospital now or what and I go no I have a show at eight o'clock and they're kind of going how how and I kind of no it's yeah because the way I see it is I, I, I saw it at the time was that actually I got diagnosed but I, I had you know I had it the previous week i had it the previous month i had it a few months before that so even from when i started working on that say that particular show that i, I was diagnosed on i i had it all the way through so the only difference is now i know i i just i just felt like that's not going to stop me doing this as long as i can physically do it i'm going to do it and so i did and it was only because you know i had to start treatment that's when i had to stop uh, on, on that one i wouldn't have been after treatment i wouldn't have been able to kind of do the, the show that that was it would have been very hard to do and did everyone that you were working with know what the situation was health-wise yeah they did yeah there was kind of they knew something was going on because I, I i was very upfront with everyone on on in the cast and everything uh, and let them know and actually at one point then i had to like take a week out for the biopsy to have the operation and then when the diagnosis came through i remember coming on stage and having a chat with everyone and kind of telling them they were all you know kind of obviously kind of worried and sympathetic you know but they were, they were cool too they knew me and they knew what i was at and one of the guys, because the show was called Aikino, you know, about Roy Keane, like I say, Aikino. And one of the guys kind of said, so do we call the show Aikimo now? And, you know, and I, it's that kind of humour that gets you through it, to be honest. Like, I, it was class, you know, it was, re- it, was, it, was, it, was, it was brilliant. And kind of broke the ice. And, and everyone, everyone was cool and everyone was great and, and, and it was fine. And there was no difference to the show. I mean, you know, you know, in the same way as like someone who, God, you, you know, works in an office or, you know, in a supermarket, they, they get a diagnosis of something like this. They have to get up and go to work, you know, the next day. I mean, it's, you know, life doesn't stop straight away. I, I don't think I've, so for myself, like I say, as long as I was physically able to, I, I was going to do my job. It was a big help, actually. Can you talk about the treatment that you had in uh, 2007? So I did six rounds of ABVD um, over six months. And, it, you know, so every every two weeks I'd go in as an outpatient and get it administered in my, my chemo. And you know, people listen to this. We all have our own kind of experience of chemotherapy and, and, and what it does to you. Uh, it, it, it made me very sick, as in, you know, kind of nauseous and stuff like that. But that's a long time ago as well. I mean, it's 14 years ago now. And, you know, antiemetics are, are so much better now than even they were then. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a wild ride, all right. And uh, losing my hair, I didn't mind so much. And actually, funnily enough, I'd done a couple of jobs where I had to shave my head before so I, I i knew what i knew what my skull looked like that was okay like you know i was kind of <laughs> prepared for that but i i was lucky i you can hear very much i'm irish and everything but i i normally live in london but at the time the show was in ireland um i was diagnosed here in ireland i'm in ireland at the moment but um so i was i was treated here as well so that meant I was able to kind of stay at home and with family and so I had a great you know like a really good support network and 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 everything because of that because because it was as at home my mother my grandmother and everyone were were really looking after me you know and that was great and that was that was that was a big help so yeah it was six months six months of uh, ABVD that was the normal uh, first round treatment for classic Hodgins and I remember my my hematologist saying to me um 
you know, you could be in the fanciest hospital in America or in LA, but it's the same treatment. It's just mm. the wallpaper might be a bit nicer over there or the chairs might be a bit more comfortable, but uh, they were brilliant. They were amazing. University Hospital Waterford is where I, I, I received most of my treatment. Like they were amazing, absolutely amazing. And do you feel it had any effect on your career at that point? Yeah, it stopped. Uh, so like the, the, there's the effect straight away uh, where I, like, I still had a few weeks left of the um, of the tour I was doing. And, and so I, I had to come out, like say, what, I think there was two weeks left of it. I already had lined up two more plays and so they that they couldn't happen well I couldn't be in them they did happen but like with other people in that and so so that, that that was a big blow at the time but I remember being told one of the plays um was going ahead without me this play in Manchester and 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 that was I remember kind of thinking god this is terrible I got a phone call from my agent I was sitting in the chair getting me chemo actually on the day I think it's like the second um day of chemo and my agent ringing and, and saying where are you and I said you know I'm in I'm, I'm in the chair at the moment and she said okay look I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow I said no talk to me now talk to me now and she said they're going ahead with the play without you and I kind of went oh okay grand and kind of, you know, I was kind of devastated but then my hematologist came in about a half an hour later and said that my bone marrow biopsy was clear so instead of being stage four lymphoma I was stage 2b still and I and I everything just you know into in, in the stark kind of reality hits you and you, and you kind of go nah you know it's only a play I, I, there hopefully there'll be more you know but what's much better is knowing that you know I'm actually kind of staged a bit earlier than than was possible and that, and that was you know kind of there you are my health was much more important than my job at the time but yeah career-wise yeah it, it, yeah it just stopped I, because it's tricky as well and you know I'll talk about it later but it, when you're doing um work like this it, it, if you know, with an illness like this and going through chemotherapy, it's actually hard um, insurance wise as well. Uh, say if you're filming, certainly that's, that's a big thing. And theater wise, it's a no, no, you do, you, you do seven, eight shows a week and you know, my, my chemotherapy schedule wouldn't, you know, kind of wouldn't help with that at all. And sometimes it can be, you know, physically very demanding. I am in awe of people who, who have to work through it like you know while they're doing their chemotherapy i did i did a few music jobs because so, i write music for theater as well so i was able to do a couple of them but not many i you know even then i kind of you know it's it, it's it's tough going and the hours are kind of um are kind of different to normal jobs let's put it that way it's certainly the acting career had to completely stop and yeah. but that was cool because it, it what that did was just kind of you know kind of propel me to kind of go I, well, I need to get better here because i want to get back to work I, you know when, when when i got sick the first time i was i was in the biggest show in the country and i you know things were going well career-wise and, and everything and i just kind of went yeah okay this is stopping it I, like let's get better and i believe you had a relapse of your hodgkin lymphoma in 2009 and can you explain how you found out that uh, that it had come back yeah that's right so so yeah, I went into remission at the end of 2007 and then of course they, they keep an eye on you. Yeah, so I, I had lots of, um, you know, kind of checkups every, every month, every three months and so on. And in 2009, so it would have been around, yeah, summer 2009, um, I had a checkup and they were kind of going, yeah, yeah, we're just going to, you know, keep checking here. There might be, you know, something, it might be nothing. So I ended up uh, getting another CAT scan. And, and, and it showed up that I'd relapsed on the other side of my neck. So my, my hematologist then at that stage kind of said, look, uh, we're going to we're, we're gonna go, go all out here and 
we're going to um, do an autologous uh, stem cell transplant because we think, and at the time, you know, I was 32 and they were happy to kind of go, look, you're 32, you're in great nick. We think you, you'll be able for this. And we think this is, you know, what we're aiming for cure. That's what she said to me. And when you hear words like that, it's, it, it's, it's heartening, you know? So that, and, and that's what we went with. I believe at the time you were on a film set of uh quite an exciting film as well <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's funny the way these things happen I, I I know so actually I tell you the, when I was starting to do the tests I was actually in the play as well at the National Theatre in London and I was filming um, Robin Hood with Russell Crowe at the same time we we're kind of fitting both in I was kind of amazed that they, they would fit in because it never happens sometimes and I, I remember really well being on set for my first day, I had two days filming on Robin Hood. I have a little part of it. And my first day on, on set, um, I got a phone call from a hematologist to say this CT scan was, was booked for like, say the following week. So, okay. So I had that day uh, and I saw a shot that day. I, I, I filmed the following week. Then I had the CT scan and about three weeks after that was going to be my second day filming on Robin Hood and I had the scene with Russell Crowe and I was, I was very excited, but between, you know, my first day film and the CT scan and then my second day film as was supposed to be, I got the diagnosis that I had relapsed and that I would have to go into, um, you know, into treatment again and, you know, to start the beginnings of, um, this, the stem cell transplant and, <laughs> and looking at the dates, it just wasn't going to work. And I remember my agent talking to producers and they said, you know, it's not going to work because we don't know whether Jamie, because I, I was going to have um, a, my first treatment uh, the week before the, um, uh, my, my second day filming. So my scene with Russell Crowe and they said, we can't guarantee whether Jamie's going to be well enough um, on the day. It's tricky with insurance. There's all this kind of stuff. So I, I, I didn't mind. I just kind of said, look, I'm let's, we have to, you know, be realistic here. So let, I'll just remove myself from it. You know, so that that was kind of off the cards. They were going to recast. They're going to get someone else, you know, to do the part and do the scene. And I just thought that was that. That was done. And I was in a show at the at the National Theatre, like I say, and much like the first time I was diagnosed, I was back on stage pretty quickly um, and and doing it until I had to start treatment. But I got a phone call then from my agent to say, oh, look, Robin Hood is back on. And I kind of going, how is that possible? Like, we've had this conversation. There's There's no way. I, you know, they, I can guarantee being well, all that, you know, and, and she said, well, Ridley Scott, who was directing it, you know, who, who, who directed mm -hmm. like Aliens, one of the most famous movie directors on the planet, he had heard about you know, kind of um, my diagnosis and that, and he said, if Jamie Beamish is well enough, we'll have him on set. We'll, we'll sort everything. We'll make sure he's okay. And if he's not, we'll have someone standing by ready to go, you know, but if he's okay on the day, I want, I want him there. And it was a real like amazing gesture from this, like this guy's at the top of his tree, like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, a day player, as we say, it was a real small kind of part, nice little bit, but you know, small part. So in the grand scheme of things, I didn't matter that much, but he, he, you know, he, he was just being a good, good guy and, and, and he wanted to make it happen. So I go to, <laughs> I go to my hematologist and say to her, look, will I, do you think I'll be able to, I'm getting my, start my chemo on Monday. So I was doing, uh, at that stage, it was ice, um, was the, was the chemotherapy leading up 
to the harvest um, of my stem cells. Uh, so it's supposed to start on Monday. I would do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in hospital. And then, you know, I, I'd recover for a couple, uh, two more weeks then in Grant. And she said, okay, look, I'll, I'm going to move your chemo from Monday to Tuesday because your bloods won't crash on the following week, you know, at the start of the following week when you're supposed to be filming because, you know, the kind of all going well, they won't, you'll still be okay to film. And it was, you know, I was kind of going to, in science, it's like magic, you know, it's kind of, they, she, she, she was kind of plotting when on me graph, like me, me bloods would, would, would go low or so low that, you know, it, it might be tricky for me filming. And, and I said, I was, I was kind of amazed. I was saying, oh God, thanks so much. Like, cause it's a big thing to move for chemo day sometimes. I said, no, no, no. She said, you know, you, I, I, I do this for people who, who don't want to miss their holiday in Santa Ponza, but you're doing a movie with Russell Crowe. So this is it's exciting for us as well. And I was laughing. I was going, yeah, well, amazing. So I turned up, yeah, I turned up on the day and I just had my Hickman line, my central line inserted into my chest. And, um, and there was a whole thing where I was kind of bandaged up cause it was still weeping a bit and everything. And, and my poor dresser got a shock when I walked in and, and she saw that, you know, kind of had a, basically an open wound in my chest at the time, you know, and, uh, and she was giving me anti-sickness drugs in case I, I needed them and all this kind of stuff. But the day went great. I, it, it was brilliant. I, I kind of was on set with, you know, with Russell Crowe doing the scene and, and, and everything. And really Scott came over and, and said hello. And I thanked him like for having me on here. And he was asking me how, you know, how I, how I was getting on and everything. And he was kind of going, you'll be fine. You'll be good. And it was such a boost. That was a huge boost to be able to kind of complete that and, yeah. and do it, do that that day. And it was great. Cause then a, a year later, you know, kind of was over everything. And I was able to bring my grandmother to see it in the local cinema here. Cause I promised her I would. And mm. it was, it was magic, you know, it was, it was really oh. great. Yeah. That must have been totally unforgettable and what a fantastically kind gesture and yeah. Yeah, completely. And, and, you know, the business show business is full of bad stories as well. Like, you know, and, and, and this guy was just, he was just great. He, he was just really, he was looking out for someone who was, you know, in, in, in the middle of a bit of a hard situation. But that was, like I said, that, 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 was, that was a huge boost at that time because relapsing is tough. I just kind of went, God, you know, what you've been through in the first instance is hard enough. And then, it's back again, you know, and you kind of have to drag yourself back up and kind of go, okay, you know, I faced it once, I'm going to face it again, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it is hard, but th things like that, gestures like that really helped. And can you tell us a little bit about the stem cell transplant? Was that really tough? Yeah, it is. I, I, absolutely. There's no two, two ways about it. Um, initially, so I had like chemotherapy to put me back into remission and that was ice. So it was three rounds of ice leading up to that. Then I, um, it was the, uh, the drugs to stimulate then, uh, the stem cells, uh, to produce. So they harvested that in St. James's in Dublin, uh, cause that's where, that's where the, the Burkitt's ward, as they call it, that's the main center for, for stem cell transplants in Ireland is. And so they, they, they did that. They did the harvest. And actually, funny enough, there we go. I just remembering these things now as we talk. And it's the um, it was part the the swine flu uh, yeah. epidemic was was happening at the time, and I went to Dublin, but on the way to Dublin, I got a text from the hospital in Waterford, and they said, um, uh, it turns out that you you were in a ward 
with someone who has now been diagnosed with swine flu, you know, and I'm immunocompromised and, 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 and suddenly it's a huge thing. But I walk into Burkitt's ward in Ireland, you know, it's, the, it's like I say, it's the stem cell transplant center. So, it, you know, it's the most kind of lockdown ward in the country. And, um, and here's me walking in possibly, and, and I had been, you know, kind of um, in the same ward as someone with swine flu. So I, I was nearly kind of, I was just kind of caught and put into an isolation ward like straight away. And like people coming to, to, to visit me, they had to, they had to gown up and everything like PPE, what we know now is normal. It was kind of people coming in, in, in the door looking like they're, they were in ET, you know, and stuff. It was, it, it, it was crazy, but I didn't have swine flu. It turned out it was fine and the harvest went, went fine. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a number of weeks later, then I went up and went in for the transplant and got me con conditioning chemotherapy and, you know, it's again, everyone, everyone's different, but it, yeah, it, it became very tough. Um, they were saying to me, you know, you'll be, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And then we'll do the transplant and the trans transplant's fine. The transplant is like this kind of almost a non-event, you know, after everything. And it's literally, you know, you're hooked up for whatever it is, 45 minutes or so. Um, and, and, you know, they, they put the stem cells, you know, um, back into your, your, your system and, that that's kind of it you know what i mean grand it's after that then you, you i i got sicker uh, as such but like again completely looked after all, all the time but i remember them i remember kind of trying to tell him i don't want morphine i was getting it was getting i was getting sore it was you know and this is not to scare anyone this is just you know the kind of this is you know kind of it this is what happens and like i say everyone's different but they kept telling me don't be a hero just take the morphine so i did and god i had a great time on it it was brilliant to be honest <laughs> i was having crazy dreams <laughs> for 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 a time but i got i got better quicker than i thought to be honest you know and then suddenly they're telling me we're going to send you home that was after three weeks you know, and they say, you know, you'll get better quicker at home. And they're sending me home. And I, I was almost worried. I was kind of getting a bit nervous about leaving there because yeah. you know, you're there and it's isolation. God, we all know about isolation now, don't we? But, you know, it, it was kind of a strange thought to kind of go back and be with people and, and, and everything. It was, it, was, it was a tricky one. But once I got home and got back, yeah, you know, the recovery started. And it, it took a while, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a major event and it's, it can be pretty traumatic. Yeah. But you know it's for the right reasons once you kind of look at it that way. You know, mm -hmm. the, I always say kind of the illness never made me sick, really, to be honest. But the treatment does. But it's for the right reasons. When, once you have that in your head and kind of going, this is all worth it. You know, it's tough, it's tough, it's tough, but it's, it, it, it is really worth it. And, you know, when I sit here, so that was like 2009, I sit here nearly 12 years later, kind of going, it really was worth it. Like, absolutely. And did it take a long time for you to recover faith in your body again? I was, I, there, there is the worry. I always, you know, you think of it when you're small and you're sick and you know, you, you think you'll never be better again, you know, and that doesn't go away. I don't think even as you get older, you, you know, you might be down with a cold and you kind of go, oh, I'm, I, you know, we're all kind of, you say, oh, I'm a very good patient. But in a way, you know, none of us are because in the back of your head, you're kind of going, you forget what it's like to be well, even if it's only a few days with a cold. And then when you're better, it, it's great. So like for, because it's an extended period of, of recovery it, it, it it's tricky you kind of go will will it be, will it be the same will i be the same physically at the end of it will i still be able to do the things i was able to do before and in my case i was you know i could feel 
bit by bit, you know, there's certain kind of milestones as you go along in your recovery and you feel like, yeah, I can do that again. That's great. You know, the first couple of times when I was back home, I had a couple of panic attacks before I went outside the house. It was really strange to kind of to do that because I've been inside for so long. I remember going for a walk with my friends and having to kind of stop and be picked up by a friend because I just went, I can't go any further. My legs are starting to give up on me. I, I, I tried to run before I could walk, I'll be honest with you. And you, you, you learn that, but you want to, you, you want to keep going. And bit by bit, I built up and, you know, kind of going walking and everything and and and, and just, you know, trying trying to get that that kind of back back to the physicality you had before i i did thankfully you know what i mean i think you can yeah uh, do you think the whole experience changed your perspective of life at all yeah yeah oh no it, it, doing something like that like going through something like that i mean it, it completely does and i always i always say kind of i you know life is too short and you, you kind of want to get on with it and and do it and and I remember doing a radio interview at the time um, when I was sick, um, the first time, I, and, and when I was ill, doing doing a radio interview and telling stories like I am now about, you know, kind of working and going away on tour and doing all this kind of stuff. And the presenter then said to me, so what's going to change once, once you get better? Because, you know, you, I was leading a life. I was working as an actor. I, you know, I, I love my job. I, I, I'm lucky, you know, it's the worst job in the world, and the best job in the world at the same time, but it's it, it's great. And, and she said to me, so, you know, all going well, you get better. What is going to change? Because, you know, there'll be some people say, well, after this now, I'm going to be an actor, you know, because I've always wanted to be. But you're doing what you've always wanted to do. And I said, but that's the thing. You know, this illness has has stopped me doing what I want to do and, you know, what I love doing. And not just that, but other things in life and, and, and everything. And I said, it's, it's all about kind of getting back to where I was and then going forward from yeah. then so I kind of I guess I learned to appreciate that a lot more and also then I, as an actor I was just happy to pay me rent I was happy to kind of I needed to pay me rent to be honest and so I'd take a job at the drop of a hat I get offered something I'd, I'd grab it and then you know not even think about it but nowadays since being ill I, I think I'm a bit more I'm a bit more choosy because I kind of go I, I'll take something if I know I'm going to enjoy it and mm -hmm. that rather than just take it because you know, I'm an actor and I need to work. It's actually more, you know, I, I'm an actor, but I need to kind of be doing stuff. I think I can kind of be really, you know, really good at and, and, and enjoy and get something from as well. So that, that, that changed a lot. You know, I, I, I didn't tour as much after, after being ill, you know, going around living in digs and stuff kind of, uh, that, that, that dropped off a good bit uh, mm. after that. And funny enough, then because of that, because of being choosy is the word, but like, you know, kind of being a bit more choosy or just kind of looking at things in a different way. There's a line from when I got better after the second time being sick uh, to now where, you know, it's an upward curve where I waited and I didn't mind waiting mm. to get the right thing rather than going, I'll just take anything. Mm. And because of that, and, and I think because of that, you know, you're making more positive choices in your life, in your career and everything. When I was sick, it was always a thing. And, you know, people kind of go, oh, God, you know, here, here he is like talking about positive thinking. But it is about positive thinking. It completely is. And it's about staying positive and everything and taking that. So, you, you, you know, you just don't ha you don't just have that when you're ill, but afterwards as well, you know, keep them keep them positive. And the positive thing is that, like, you know, I'm healthy now, you know, all these years later. And that's positive in itself. Can you tell us a bit more about your role in Bridgerton? 
Yeah, so yeah, I play Nigel Burbrook, uh, the bumbling Nigel Burbrook, uh, who's like the villain in the first two episodes. Uh, people listening might not kind of get that because I don't sound like this. I don't have like an Irish accent in it. Um, and yeah, I, like it came about, you know, I'm I'm a job an actor. I get auditions. I audition like everyone. And um, the script came in from the agent and it was it was a long L script, I'll be honest with you. They sent me about 13 pages and I was kind of going, oh my God, you know, this is this is a tough one because you tape at home. And even before the pandemic, that's what you'd do anyway. That was, you know, more and more with, with um, smartphones and stuff, you know, you can tape yourself at home. So I was kind of going, oh God, what, you know, will I bother with this? Because, you know, I'm not English. I've played English parts before. It wouldn't be the first time. But I was looking at this and kind of going, I have an idea, like, who's going to get this? And, you know, in England, they have real English people. <laughs> so I kind of I kind of just went, oh, look, I, I, I'll do it because I hate to turn down an audition. There's enough actors that don't have auditions. So who am I to, like, be turning down auditions? And this is, you know, it seems like a good project. So so I taped. And then out of nowhere, I got, I got a straight offer. Sometimes you do a tape and you get a recall and they bring you in and talk to the director. But this is just a straight offer. I can't believe it. And um, I turned up to the first read-through, you know, the cast kind of meeting and uh, doing this read-through. And the director and <laughs> the director and producer came over to me and they said, hi, yeah, how you doing? We loved your tape. And, you know, it's great to have you on board. And I said, oh, thanks very much. I'm delighted. It's, yeah, it, it, it's magic. Like, you know, and, and they looked at me going, oh, God, you're Irish. Because they didn't know, <laughs> because you know, on the tape I'm doing an English accent. You don't hear my accent at all. So, uh, but the read through went really well. So I, I was, I was worried initially, but it was fine. It, it was good. And then I, you know, I end up doing a costume fitting in this warehouse in North London. What like you know, how big is this production? I did, really didn't realize. And yeah. bit by bit, you, you, you know, you, you realize how big this oper this operation is. And we're, we're filming in, 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 in all these amazing kind of locations, you know, houses around around England, places I'd never been. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'd probably there's some places we were, we were in that like they're not open to the public, you know, but they opened them far for filming. There was there was a gent gentleman's club in in the middle of London where we shot some of the scenes and I was going to go and wow, I would never be in here normally at all. So it, it, it was great. It was amazing. And it, it, it's good fun as well, because like I say, I played a villain. He's a, he's a bit of a hissable baddie as well. And that's and, and, and that's 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 really great fun, too. Um, it, this this, you know, this this might be kind of apropos of nothing. But the funny thing is, is that um, a few people have said it to me because uh, the hairstyles in it, you know, are very specific and uh because it's regency period so it's all quite you know up and, and 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 everything and a few people have said to me is that a wig i go no 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 that's my own hair and i'm kind of proudly so because you know thankfully my hair came back after we keep therapy <laughs> so i was kind of I, I was delighted and they were using my own hair the only thing that's not real is the uh, sideburns i normally wear a beard but before starting this i shaved it straight away because otherwise they, they make you keep the sideburns and I was going, I, I, I can't be hanging around for seven months with, with really big sideburns, lamb chops, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, so they, they made sideburns for me, but like the, 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 the hair, the hair is my own. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was up in curlers every morning when we were filming, but I was delighted, you know, it was great because it's all, like I say, it's all, it's all fun and dressing up as well. And what's next for you? What, have you got something else uh, planned? So the next thing I 
no, I'm definitely doing, but don't know when exactly yet, is Derry Girls season three. We were supposed to shoot that last year, but that got that got put off because of the pandemic. And so, like, I'm really excited. Like, that's going to be great. It's going to, like, they've knocked it out of the park again with the script. It's going to be, that's going to be amazing. We're going to have great fun going back to that. Um, I have been working on a sci-fi series. Uh, I was doing it at the same time as Bridget, Bridgerton, actually. And that production stopped and now that's restarted. So that will um, come back. I've, I've kind of finished on that, but I write music for theatre as well. And I've also kind of been working a little bit as a playwright. So I've been writing, been able to do that, to do that during the band pandemic and uh, they got a new play out of me. So that hopefully might happen at the end of this year, but depending on theatres, it might be started next year. So yeah, the, yeah, there's stuff happening, starting to happen now. Suddenly, suddenly getting busy, which which is which which is really great, and yeah, and I, I've kind of been, I've kind of just been enjoying the um, uh, the Fiore or whatever you call it, the bridge, and that's been that's been great fun as well. That's been that that that's been a great help, you know. So, well, it's I mean, there's been so much talk about it, and it's just such fantastic, uh, it's so fantastic to watch. Jamie, what brings you joy? Uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting one because you kind of go, is it material things or is it, you know, because like music brings me joy, books bring me joy, but I think the kind of biggest thing that brings me joy is probably people, you know, um, and what, you know, friends, family, loved ones, everything like, you know, yeah, I, I, I love people. I love being around people. So what brings me joy is, is, is people, is company. Maybe that's why I'm an actor because I love being in a company of people, you know, doing a play is, is literally the, the, the thing I can think of is the best thing in the world is, 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 is being in, being in a load of people in, in, you know, the company of a load of people having fun like that. And look, I'm Irish, you know, you'd see me in the pub all the time, like in a way, <laughs> you know, socializing is, is that, but that like, you kind of go, Oh, socializing brings me joy. But actually when you boil it down, you know, to the end of it, the real brass tacks of it, it's people I really like people, I think. And Jamie, what are the things that helped you most with your lymphoma? To, to bang the same drum, friends, family, and loved ones, you know, having, having people around you like that, that it was such a, such a, such a huge help. And I, I, I'm lucky I have that, you know, and I, I got sick and the first time I was at home. So I got treated at home and I was, I, that, 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 I think that was, that was my great fortune in that way. And then the second, second time I came, I specifically, I was in England at the time, but I specifically came home to, to have that support network. And I think that was that was a huge, huge help, you know, and um, like, like I say, my, my great my great fortune is that because whatever about my own positive outlook and I always tried to hold on to that. And but it was it was the people around me helping too, and that, that, that includes the doctors and nurses as well. Absolutely amazing. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, you know these people's jobs what they what they steal what they see every day and, and they go in and there's no you know i always say it like i i dress up for a living like that's what i do but the doctors and nurses you like they're the real like heroes you use that word and used a lot recently but it's completely true i completely believe that and so that would have you know you know they would have helped me help me through a lot as well you know, and, you know, at the end of a shift, if I'm in a play, I, I, I get a round of applause, you know, they don't. And I, I just kind of, yeah, amazing. So, yeah, if I, if I could, if I can use that again, I'd say, well, help me get through my treatment and, and, and everything. Yeah, it was people, you know, people are pretty cool. 
Jamie, thank you so much for, for spending the time to talk to us today. Really appreciate it. For more information about lymphoma and the support we can offer to people affected by the condition, please visit the Lymphoma Action website at www.lymphoma-action.org.uk. Lymphoma Action. Inform. Support. Connect.